Step three. Got it! Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. Marines go to the deep end. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. Oh, God. Welcome in to the Under the Hood Podcast with me, Jay Hood. Thanks to you so much for downloading the podcast as we give you the best in Bulls and NBA conversation right here on the podcast produced by Jay Moore. Hey, we've got merchandise available for you right now. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood merchandise, T-shirts, we got mugs, we got tumblers, and we got hoodies. Guys, ladies, you know it's wintertime, so you got to be able to protect your hoodie at all costs. Make sure that you check in in the bio of this podcast right here. Click under the hood merchandise and boom, you're right there. It doesn't hurt you to look. It costs you nothing to look. Check it out. All the merchandise there. Represent the Under the Hood podcast with the merchandise right there in the link. We want you to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as well. As I mentioned, I'm going to give you the best in Bulls and NBA conversation right here all season long. And say what's up to my friends with the Cap and J-Hood audience as well. Thank you so much for clicking play to this as I hook you up with first Bulls conversation. And then I've got three storylines in the NBA I want to talk to you about. But let's start off talking about the Chicago Bulls. Man, the Bulls. They had recently snapped the Philadelphia 76ers' six-game winning streak. They won that ball game on the road, and boy, it has been interesting to watch this Bulls season so far. The Bulls, as we record this here on Tuesday morning, 6-3 and three over their past nine games, and Zach Levine has been out for the last nine games. And you say, well, how come the Bulls are 6-3? and three? Well, shout out to... Kobe White and others for being able to get it done for this Chicago Bulls team. Think about it. Well, we've seen as of late a seven-point overtime win against Milwaukee, a loss against Milwaukee in overtime, eight-point loss against Denver, two-point loss against Miami. But think about all the other things that the Bulls have been able to do as of late. During this streak, and I would say winning good basketball, you know, you beat New Orleans, you beat Charlotte, you beat San Antonio, um, you beat Miami, when, then Miami got you back. Uh, And then winning against Philadelphia on the road, that is really an interesting stretch for the Chicago Bulls. And you say, Jay Hood, why? Why is this happening? It's easy for me to have the low-hanging fruit and tell you, well, Zach Levine is out, so that's why the Bulls are winning. Um, That might be low-hanging fruit, but I think that's true, too. (laughs) As much as I would tell you, like, yeah, that's easy to say. Well, it is true. Zach Levine has not been playing the last nine games, and what we've seen from Kobe White has been tremendous. I love the story of Kobe White, and here's why. I think to the average Bulls fan, the idea that Kobe White would be extended on this Bulls team, one, and two, be able to have a vital role as a lead guard for the Bulls, I think that that surprised a lot of people. I know from... My standpoint, I said in the offseason, just running it back was not good enough. And I know that Karno Shelvis and Eversley, the brain trust for the Bulls, tried to make it seem like, oh, all you have to do is just run it back. We'll be fine because we played so well down the stretch last year. And you and I knew that was bullshit. You and I both knew that that was not good enough because in this league, in the NBA, it's about star power. And I think that the Bulls are bereft of quality stars. There's some good players on this basketball team, don't get me wrong, but I think that you and I know better. We know if we watch the league, we know what it looks like. So with uh, Zach Levine being out and you see Kobe White, do you notice what's happening with this team? What, What you've been noticing is, is that the ball moves from side to side. 
That means that the Bulls are being able to get it done by sharing the basketball. I was reading Casey Johnson just the other day. And Casey Johnson said about the Bulls, he says, you know, something has definitely changed. It's obvious as Kobe White's torch stretch uh, or their increased assist total has been amazing. He says that the Bulls have posted 24 assists on Monday and they've reached 30 or more assists three times in this stretch over the last nine games. 30 or more assists. Guess what? The ball is moving from side to side. That says everything that you need to know. Now, again, I'm not having any parades for the Chicago Bulls as far as the playoffs are concerned because that would be fruitless. Why would I do that? What I'm saying is I'm giving them their flowers right now because they deserve it. As much as I can criticize or you can criticize the Bulls for their start or their ineptitude in the front office for not trying to really make wholesale changes, try to find a deal to make the team better, give the Bulls credit as is they're getting the job done without Zach Levine. That means Kobe White stepping up. That means Patrick Williams is more aggressively going to the rim because every time he goes to the rim, he thinks, ah, I need to score because I got to get that contract. Or when he rebounds the basketball, when he has a block shot, he's thinking, ah, I got to get that contract sometime soon. So it is amazing how money can be a motivator for some. And for Patrick Williams, he just stood there in the corner, maybe the fifth option out of five last year, not crashing the boards, not being aggressive. And now he's trying to punch the ball. He's trying to get to the rim. He's trying to dunk it. He's trying to get the high percentage shot. And I'm all for it. Good for Patrick Williams. Good for Vucevic as well. Think about this on paper. Joel Embiid is one of the best, if not the best, big man in the league because of his versatility, the ability for him to uh, knock down threes and, of course, dunk the ball and rebound. And he can do a lot of things that even guards can do on the floor. Joel Embiid, the big man for the 76ers. And Vucevic had a really good game, especially on, on the glass against the 76ers. The Sixers are going to be a really good playoff team as they normally are. But the idea that the Bulls went in there to Philly and beat the 76ers, that says a lot. I have some friends of mine that are 76ers fans. They're not happy with the effort. (laughs) Not happy about what the 76ers did not do. So there's some questions about where Zach Levine can go. Let's get to that part of it as well. Because I'm sure that as you listen to this, you wonder, okay, Zach Levine, not around the team for nine games. So, Jay Hood, where does he go? Well... I have someone that can answer that question for you. And that is Bobby Marks from ESPN, who was on the starting lineup on NBA radio on Sirius XM. He gave his thoughts about Zach Levine and some suitors. A lot of talk about Zach Levine. I know he makes a ton of money. There's some links to the Lakers because of uh, clutch and all that stuff. Like I, you know how hard it is to trade a guy on that salary, but if the bulls were to move him or if he was to go like, what give me an example of what would go out of the Lakers if they were going to go after Zach Levine? Well, it's hard, especially with these new rules where you're basically you got to get within 110 percent of that 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 salary here. So if you if hypothetically you did something, it would be Hachimura, it would be D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, another player in there. Um, let's say a Torian Prince. So you're basically trading three to four players for one player. Um, making you know forty million dollars a year, I just don't think in this day and age with this new collective bargaining agreement, your third best player at forty million dollars, and then what else do you have around? I think I would be concerned if I'm teams looking at it. The Chicago team has played, as you guys know, has played a lot better without him on the court. Um, you know, he's got this injury right now. I don't think it's serious, um, but that's a big number. I mean, I would like we just talked about Detroit, like. And I, I talked this with Gelt. Does, does Detroit come in? Right? They're never going to get a player like Zach Levine in, in, in Detroit. 
Do they come in to say, you know what? We'll give you all our expiring contracts. We'll give you Joe Harris and Mike Morris. And maybe we'll throw a young player in, and you can just get off that money here. And do they take like a, a swing at, at Zach Levine? Hmm. Detroit, huh? Expiring contracts? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is one option for the Bulls, but could you imagine Zach Levine going from Chicago to Detroit? Uh, Detroit, who can't win a basketball game. You get expiring contracts like a Joe Harris. Again, a guy that can spread the floor, a guy that can knock down threes, and maybe a couple of their players, but I... Yeesh. So the Lakers, which is interesting because the Bulls play the Lakers coming up here. Bulls fans, keep your eyes on what Lakers you want. See, if I'm picking up the phone, and if I'm Arturis Karnaschovas, I'm saying, yeah, let's make a deal. And it starts with Austin Reeves. And, of course, the Lakers would hang up the phone on you and say, uh-uh, it's not Austin Reeves. But you could take a Torian Prince. You could take a D'Angelo Russell because I don't think that LeBron wants to work with him anyway. I don't want to play with him anyway. So uh, I'm sure Alex Caruso will be part of that deal as well. I've been hearing that if a deal will be swung, Alex Caruso will be part of that deal as well. So let's keep our eyes on that. All I can say is, is that... Shout out to Kobe White and DeMar DeRozan and Patrick Williams and Nikola Vucevic. And shout out to Javon Carter with the hard hat and doing some good things. As Caruso, of course, when healthy, when available, fantastic. And uh, Drummond, his veteran presence. I know Billy Donovan would rather have Zach Levine on the floor. But you have to understand that with Zach out, the ball does not stick. Kobe White does not get as many shots. The ball does not move. Because without Zach, it's about ball movement, player movement, the ability to go to the basket, open threes, and being able to work together defensively. When Zach was in there, it wasn't the case. Hopefully when Zach comes back, and I think he will be back in a Bulls uniform and healthy, when he does come back, he'll realize that, yes, you have a skill set, but others have a skill set too. Hey, share the rock with everybody else. That would be nice every now and then. Get yours, but also make others better. Don't forget, everybody, to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood as we give you the best in Bulls and NBA conversation. All right, there's three things that's on my mind around the NBA. Jay Moore. Number one. Number one is the Los Angeles Lakers. We just talked about them and the possibility that what if they traded with uh, the Bulls for Zach Levine. I want to talk about something else with this Lakers team, and that is LeBron James and his group. So shout out to the Lakers that they won the first in-season tournament. And people asked why. Why is this an important situation? Why is there an in-season tournament? Well, if you have to ask why, then you know the answer, right? The answer is money. The answer is TV ratings. The answer is you're trying to get as many people and many eyeballs on your product as possible. What's the one thing that NBA fans or non-NBA fans, I should say, whine about? Oh, the season's not important to you get to the playoffs. Nobody cares about the regular season in the NBA. Well, I'm an NBA fan, and I do care, and I watch as much basketball as possible because I'm entertained by it. People say it's only about opening night and the playoffs and the finals. And for me, it's about everything. So I think that even the commissioner, Adam Silver, probably looked at this and says, okay, how can we get the casual fan to watch? Those courts around the NBA during this in-season tournament were wild. For the traditional NBA fan, it was like, oh, my God, look at this floor. This is cartoonish. This is, this is nonsense. They did it on purpose because they're trying to get a different audience there. You know, you go to a bar and you're looking up and you go, is that NBA? Is that college? What is that, right? It's about eyeballs on the product and doing something different to separate yourself from the NBA regular season. You know, again, for me, I watch a lot of it. So maybe I'm just 
crazy like that when it comes to basketball. But for me, the in-season tournament worked. There's a number of other reasons why it worked too, not just for the eyeballs, but I think that really put center attention on teams that you normally would not play as well the regular season, especially this early, right? When's the last time you talked about the Pacers? Reggie Miller, that run against the Bulls. The Pacers were in the finals. They lost to the Lakers 123-109. to Point is, though, is that the Pacers, they score a blank ton of points, a lot of points, right? But they earned their way to the championship because the, the Pacers played great basketball against the Celtics. They were able to get past the uh, number one seed Bucks, and they got to the championship. That Rick Carlisle team, they can't guard anybody. They can't guard the empty chairs next to you as you listen to this, but they can score the basketball, and so they got there. So usually in the uh, early in the regular season, how often do we talk about the Pelicans or the Kings or the Pacers, as I just talked about? Well, that's the reason why they had the in-season tournament, and I think that it was a success. There's some things they need to tweak, sure, but ultimately it was a success because people were talking about it. Whether it's positive or negative, as long as people talk about something that's happening in the regular season, it's great. Now, because I have league pass, one thing I did see is I saw teams working hard. And the reason why is because I mentioned about how money is a motivator, right? Well... There was $500,000 on the line for each player, and the coaching staff would get paid too. This, this felt like March Madness at times, depending on which game you watched, uh, because of how hard the guys played. What's the one complaint? NBA guys don't care. They don't play hard. It looks like the, a game at the Y. There were teams that were playing hard. The majority of the teams that I watched was playing hard because they want that $500,000. Just a little extra cash in their pocket. They're already millionaires, but they're actually playing for something. And the Lakers won. So good for the NBA that they had this because they put a greater importance on the regular season. It wasn't just same old, same old. There's actually games that people are watching. The TV ratings also say that there was a bump in ratings because of the Western and Eastern quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the championship game. By the way, uh, way to go, Pelicans. Great way to show up, by the way. I mean, they were in uh, the semifinals against the Lakers and lost 133-89. to It wasn't even that close. I remember watching that from Jacksonville, Alabama in my hotel. I was watching them like, great job, Zion. Great job, Pelicans. They didn't even show up in that game. Okay. So <laughs> one thing that's funny, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I thought the Lakers would win. I thought they would win this whole thing because of LeBron. Because he was going for it, right? He may not never, he may never win another championship, but he was going to win that in-season tournament. I knew they were going to put up a banner. I knew that was going to happen, right? The great Lakers, how great this team has been over the years, all the championships. They've had their ups and downs like a lot of franchises, but I knew they put up a banner, and they did. In-season tournament champions. They put it up there in the Raptors. Uh, at Crypto.com Arena, I laughed. I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. They could have put that anywhere else in the arena, but they put that up there in the rafters. And, uh, of course, on ring night or championship night, they lost that game. When they, <laughs> So I just thought that that was fascinating that that happened for the Lakers. But, I mean, hey, in Los Angeles, everything's a championship. That's how important basketball is uh, in L.A. Number two. Number two is uh, teams that I enjoy watching. I have a top five and I have an OLI, an outside looking in. So let me get to the top five teams I've been enjoying watching through the first month plus of the season. So it starts with the Minnesota Timberwolves because watching Edwards and Towns and 
Gobert and uh, Reed coming off the bench. Minnesota's off to a great start. This ain't KG's Minnesota Timberwolves, but I was wondering how would Towns and Gobert work together, and it's worked out pretty well for the Timberwolves team. That's a team to watch on the NBA League Pass for me. The second team, the Boston Celtics, of course, a team that probably will make the Eastern Conference Finals again, or at least to come close. Tatum, Brown, Holiday, once again, um, Christoph Sprzingis is hurt on this team, but he'll come back and he'll be a catalyst for this team as well. But Boston, definitely a must-watch for me uh, on the NBA League Pass. Number three, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Man, they're off to a great start. They're hot as fish grease. We're talking about Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and uh, Williams, and and a number of players on this team. I really like what I've been seeing from um, this team. Oklahoma City, think about it. Here's a team here that has so many draft picks, so many draft picks to the point where if I'm the Chicago Bulls, I pick up the phone and say, hey, I know you have futures through seemingly like 2030. They have like a, a blank ton of draft picks. And I'm thinking, okay, is there any way that you can give me a few of those so I can set up my future? Gilgis Alexander is so underrated still in this league. It is amazing to me to watch uh, a team that's got out to a 17-8 start that could do some damage early in the playoffs. But you think about Jalen Williams, you think about Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Dort is one of the best defending guards in the league, if not the best defensive uh, guard in the league. So I enjoy watching that team for sure. Milwaukee, of course, is number four because it's Giannis, right? I mean, he, here's a guy here that has a little bit more of an edge this year than years past. He's usually just the, the friendly giant and you know, does what he does, but I think that he's a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder. I was wondering how he and Lillard would exist when Lillard and um, Giannis are on the floor together, pretty strong. And the Clippers, I'm surprised, right? I'm not a Clippers fan because I know that there's going to be a fade in the playoffs for them, but just off to a great start. Eight game winning streak for the Clippers. And you know what's so good about the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard's healthy. He actually is playing basketball. Has he missed a game? i got to go back and research that. I don't know if he's missed a game this year. Maybe one, but that says all you need to know. It's kind of like what Tom Thibodeau used to say about uh, Derrick Rose. Derrick is great when he's healthy. Derrick is great when he's upright. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's playing and the Clippers are winning. (laughs) Oh, I do have one OLI, one outside looking in. Teams I enjoy watching, the Detroit Pistons. Because everyone loves a good car wreck, right? Two and 25, 24 game losing streak, 24 game losing streak. Monty Williams is the coach for the um, Detroit Pistons, and I know he misses those days uh, being with the Phoenix Suns or any New Orleans or anywhere else because this Pistons team is in dire straits. And I don't know how that gets better because there's no Win Benyama in the draft to save them. They probably more than likely will be the worst team in the NBA at 2-25 and for sure. They have young assets. They got young parts. But even in this NBA, I want you to think about this. It's hard to lose 24 straight games. And, and Popovich would San Antonio lost something like 17, 18 games in a row with Wimbenyama. It's hard to lose that many games in a row. I saw a stat through 48 games where the Pistons were 4-44 and through 48 games. So it goes back to last year at the trade deadline. They were losing then, too. Poor Monty Williams. He doesn't have any hair, so he's not, he can't lose any hair, that's for sure, with this Pistons team. Number three. Number three is Draymond Green. Let me talk about him just for a second. 
So Draymond Green is out indefinitely. Draymond Green, uh, for whatever reason, just can't stay on the floor. I wish I could tell you it's about health, but it's about attitude and it's about his inability to lead. Draymond Green is a very smart basketball player. Have you ever watched the Golden State Warriors play? Have you ever watched this guy be able to get up and down the floor, can lead a break, can be able to tell all the other Warriors on the team exactly where to be? He knows his defensive assignments, but yet he would rather just hit somebody, wheel off, and just hit somebody in the face. Draymond Green has got issues. He was in his press conference after the incident in which he was ejected from the game and said, hey, man, I would tell you if I was, uh, if I was wrong, you know, but I'm telling you I was wrong. I apologize. I did not mean to be able to swing and, uh, on somebody and knock them out. That's pretty much what happened in that game. Think about it. Here is Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic is right at the hip pocket of Draymond Green trying to check him, right? And Draymond Green could not take it because Nurkic played good defense against Draymond Green. And you could just tell that Green was frustrated because he could not get past Nurkic. So he hauls off swings and knocks Nurkic down to the ground. I mean, how does this happen? It's the same Draymond Green that had Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. Why does that happen? It's not about anger. It's just about him just wanting to do his own thing and thinks he can get away with it. And you just can't do this. I mean, I think it was a great call by the NBA to say, okay, how many times are you going to get suspended? How many incidents are you going to be in? You're going to be suspended indefinitely. And now the idea that he's going to have counseling, here's the problem with Draymond Green. If no one else will tell you, I will tell you. The problem with Draymond Green is, is that Draymond Green cannot do the same things that he used to do. As much as I tell you about his basketball IQ, that's almost in the past. I think that when you take a look at Draymond Green right now, here's a guy here that's 33. I mean, he's a podcaster. I mean, he's a personality for sure. But as a basketball player on this team, he is the elixir and the glue to the Warriors, but he's not as effective as he once was. And I think that the reason why he's had this repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts, the reason why he's a habitual line stepper is because he can't do the same things he used to do. And I know that there was a time where teams would say, man, if we just had a Draymond Green and be the glue to the team, if he was on the Bulls or if you, no, you know what? No, not anymore. Not anymore. He had to enter counseling from this last incident. And even as someone like Steve Kerr, who is the ultimate players coach and will defend his players to the hilt, even Steve Kerr is saying, yeah, this is the right thing because you just can't be doing this. In so many words, Steve Kerr is backing what the league has agreed to. The Players Association also had to agree to this as well. They said that that's enough of Draymond Green doing this. So what I'm saying is, is that, yes, he has talent. He he's, has um, four championships, and that's great. But the bottom line is, is that when you are a detriment to your team and others on the floor, it's time to go. And at some point, if he has another one of these crazy incidents where he just swings on somebody just because, he won't be in the league anymore. He'll just be working for Colin Coward and the volume exclusively. I'm sure that that's going to be happening pretty soon anyway. But just Draymond Green's got to understand when you're on the team, when you're able to give advice to others on that Golden State Warriors team, especially the young players, that's essential. That's, that's good for the Warriors. But, you know, with Green's suspension, to me, this is the beginning of the end for the Golden State Warriors. As a matter of fact, I will tell you, I don't think they're going to win another championship. 
Well, there's questions about Clay Thompson, how long he's going to stay with Golden State. There was a denial of a, a two-year extension for uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, it was not accepted on either part, either from the Warriors' part or from Clay Thompson's part. Uh, Steph Curry still can shoot the three, sure, but again, what about the protection around the Warriors? The protection is supposed to be Draymond Green. He's supposed to be one of the adults in the room, but yet you swing it on people. You swing on Jordan Poole. You swing on Nurkic. You, you try to choke out Rudy Gobert. And shout out to Bob Myers, who used to be the general manager for the Golden State Warriors. He got out at the right time. Yep. He didn't want to deal with an extension for Klay Thompson or the nonsense from Draymond Green. That dude is on ESPN right now as an analyst because he got out a year maybe too early. And if you go on X on Twitter or even on Instagram, you'll see this video just keeps going around and around about Kevin Durant and his time with Golden State. Have you seen this? The whole thing of, Dre, of, um, of Kevin Durant, you can see him mouthing, that's why I'm out of here, because he was so frustrated at Draymond Green. There was arguments on the bench between Draymond Green and, uh, and Kevin Durant. And so there was some video that's out there like, oh, I'm out of here. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Uh, so that's maybe one of the reasons why that Durant's out is because he didn't want to deal with Draymond Green anymore. And by the way, the league won't want to deal with him too much longer if he keeps going in this direction. And one side note about John Morant. He's going to return to the Memphis Grizzlies after serving a 25-game suspension, the eighth longest in NBA history. He uh, brandished a gun a couple of times on live streams. And so I heard his press conference Friday. It was weird. It was a news dump. Uh, the news dump, by the way, is when you have some breaking news or some big news that you don't want people to talk about all week, you put it on Friday. That's kind of an old newspaper term. Well, there was the press conference in Memphis uh, was on Friday for John Morant. And, you know, he complied with everything. Um, there's progress. But here's the thing. He said it before that, okay, I'm good. I'm not going to be deal- dealing with guns anymore. I won't be a detriment, a detriment to myself or the league. Okay, man, you said that once, and you got suspended for 25 more games. So the question is, will he be able to understand, hey, you got the world by the balls, and this is for every young athlete, every young basketball player. Hey, man, if you just play basketball, have fun, go home, live the life of LeBron James, live the life of Kevin Durant, where there is no controversy, People want to talk about your game and wonder where you are as far as the, the lexicon of the NBA, where you fit amongst the greats, that's fine. But as far as uh, John Morant's concerned and guys like him and so many others around the league, uh, Edwards as well from Minnesota that's in the news this week and so many others, hey, man, have, to, have fun. Have fun with the homies. Have fun with your family. But keep yourself out of the police blotter. Keep yourself out of the controversy. You got the world by the balls. This is the, let's see, first, second, this is the third opportunity now for, for John Morant to be able to straighten up, play the game the way it's supposed to be played from his standpoint and have fun and be one of the faces of the league. Put the nonsense behind you and play basketball and have some fun. You're just hurting your money. You hurt the bag every time that you get suspended. You do. No matter how much he's getting paid, he hurts the bag and the future bag when you put yourself in a situation like that, brandishing a gun on Instagram twice? Come on, man. Thank you, Jay Moore, for a job well done producing the Under the Hood podcast. Don't forget to catch me 
and David Kaplan, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. And I'll talk to you next time with more basketball conversation on the Under the Hood podcast. Happy holidays to you and your family.